Hello. Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Well, this past weekend was quite a weekend of volunteering. Um, I um, <clears throat> decided to do a couple of shifts prior to the Sunday race at Bandera for me. Um, and then, spoiler alert, I ended up not doing the race after all, but I'll get into that in a second. But um, yeah, it was a <laughs> it was really inter- interesting seeing the uh, the Bandera race from the inside out, because normally if I even volunteer, most of the behind the scenes stuff has already taken place. And I'm just there as another piece of the, uh, puzzle, if you will. And, um, yeah, so it was a very educational experience. And, um, if you've never volunteered at a race, I really recommend it because it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Um, but you really get a, a sense of, um, community and get to be around some of the coolest people ever and make new friends. And, um, which is all of the reasons that I decided to do what I did. Um, I mean, I could have been getting ready for classes next week, which <clears throat> I really need to be doing, <laughs> but I was like, and here again, this is sort of my social outlet, you know, the, the trail racing scene. And, um, and I had, you know, I, I, I don't start school until next Tuesday. So I thought, well, I'm probably not going to be doing a whole lot. So let's go ahead and volunteer. And so I did. And so I went up to Bandera on Thursday morning and put in an all day shift up there. And that was very different because at that point the race didn't start until Saturday. So Um, and I really had no idea what to expect. And, um, so it was was pretty educated. I learned that I got a very good upper body workout and really was not expecting that. Um, cause we first started by just offloading boxes of t-shirts and other stuff out of the trailer that, um, the race director, uh, Chris McWaters, uh, brings and this thing is huge. Um, and you know, he's got everything fairly organized and, um, you know, so you just have to kind of look around for, um, you know, various things here and there. And then I also, um, drove stakes <laughs> into the ground, which I realized I'm not very good at. And it was even worse at stapling signs to said stakes. Um, I, I learned a trick that it's better to staple the signs to the stake and then put it in the ground because it's kind of hard to use one of those big staple guns, um, kind of from a 90 degree angle. It's easier if you just do it. I don't, I don't even know what the angle is, but anyway, if you can just imagine trying to shoot a staple into something that's already upright rather than when it's lying down, you can understand what I'm talking about. So yeah, so I did that. We put out some caution tape to kind of lead runners into the drop bag shoot. Um, and then the big event of the day. Well, they told us that um, 11 a.m. was supposed to be a big time. You know, we were going to get the porta potties, and then the food would be ready. And so I was just like, somehow in my mind, and this is because I'm so dumb, um, I was picturing, you know, like a delivery truck of some sort rolling into the grounds, and you know, we just offload it, and that would be that. Um, it was a little more complicated. So Trisha, another volunteer who was actually the cook for the weekend, who's just an amazing person. And we became fast friends. Um, we ended up being the designees to go into town to the grocery store, the, the only grocery store in Bandera, because Bandera is not a very big place. Um, although I will say, just as an aside, I noticed that they're building a 
uh, Best Western in town. Looks like it's about three stories tall, and um, it's not ready yet. But I was quite impressed with that. I was like, "Ooh, they're seeing some potential in this place." And it's a it's a very cool, you know, small town. Um, I mean, most of these races are held at really cool small towns. And this is another one of my favorite experiences is just to learn about these places because, you know, under normal circumstances, you probably would not venture to Bandera, you know, passing through somewhere. Um, but anyway, so we, um, oh yeah. And we were also, <laughs> this is really bad. Uh, Randall, who was, uh, employed with, uh, the task of, of making sure all of the heaters worked and the, uh, yeah, all the, the big heaters worked. Um, and I guess he was doing some other sorts of, I don't know, um, tool oriented things and needed us to swing by the tractor parts store, which is on the corner on the entrance to the 10 mile <laughs> path into the park. Um, we needed to get some sort of, well, we needed to get a set of screwdrivers. I know this is hilarious. Sounds like a scavenger hunt. Um, screwdrivers, uh, God, what was it? A three eighths socket wrench and a, five eighths driver or vice versa, you know, and <laughs> both she and I are sort of like, huh? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you know, neither of us know anything about tools. And then later we had to make a trip into an auto parts store for some carburetor spray. And, you know, again, this was just very amusing. It did. It just felt like, okay, so we're going to go get ice, bread, tools, carburetor spray, and other assorted things. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, so the first trip was to the tractor supply store since it was closest. And, um, and the other amazing, uh, not amazing, amusing thing about Bandera is, um, yeah, they may put signs on the doors that say, Hey, wear your mask. Problem is, is most of the staff does not know how to wear their masks. Um, you know, she and I, she's a nurse and, you know, I'm just a, regular guy who's trying to follow the rules as best I can. And, um, you know, we both had our masks on and, you know, people were either wearing them under their chin, under their nose, or just not wearing them at all. In fact, some of the people who didn't wear them at all, I could kind of feel it in their expressions when they looked at us, like what a couple of suckers, you know, <laughs> I don't wish COVID on anyone, but by God, that was sort of annoying, but oh well, what are you going to do? It's a small town, so they, they haven't really been affected that much. And hopefully, you know, this giant influx of people from, you know, out of country, out of state, you know, out of town, I hope, you know, they remain unscathed. Um, but yeah, so we did our, our little shopping thing there. And then the big event, Bing Bing, was going to Lowe's, not the, um, the you know, hardware store, but the grocery store, it's a small chain. Um, you see it in a lot of small towns in Texas. I don't know if it's elsewhere. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a very, I mean, it's certainly not an HEB or something, but it's what they've got. Um, and we had to pull around back and, um, wait for, who was it? This guy, Randall, I think, um, this Mexican guy, I think who, um, <laughs> helped us with, um, you know, putting stuff into the truck. Okay. And so we've got this Dodge Ram pickup truck, which is huge. It's a dually. Okay. So it's got, you know, all kinds of space in it. And they started wheeling out the ice and it just kept coming. There was like two carts full of it, plus a 
um, I'm sorry, a cart and two, um, what do you call them? Like flatbed, um, push carts or whatever, <laughs> all stacked with ice, 10 pound bags. <laughs> so, and there wasn't really a, um, you know, cavalry there to help us. So it was me and Trisha and Randall throwing this stuff into the truck. She, Trisha, thank God, lifts weights much more than I do. Um, I became <laughs> very much aware of my inability or my lack of upper body strength, which <laughs> is turning over another New Year's resolution. I need to really work on that. Um, God, I feel like a 90 pound weakling, although I don't weigh 90 pounds. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so we were, I've never flung so much ice in my life or seen so much ice. And then it got even weirder because then there were these heavy, heavy propane tanks. Um, I don't even know how many we got, but they weighed a lot. I mean, <laughs> here I am. Trisha could like farmer carry two of them, you know, like one in each hand. And I'm like struggling to, <laughs> to lift just one into the truck. Oh, it was bad. But yeah, so just know, have some appreciation for those people who are, you know, cooking food for you and putting out the, the snacks and whatnot for you because by God, that stuff's heavy and it helps keep you guys hydrated and fed. So there you go. Um, or one of the ways. So anyway, um, then, then we saw these giant pallets of bread, loaves of bread being rolled out and there was more, there were like huge bottles of, you know, truck, not truck loads, but, um, cart loads of Coke products, you know, those two liter jugs, you know, Mountain Dew, Canada dry Coke, um, and then there were, you know, there was like meat, you know, like sausages and, and um, breakfast sandwiches, things like that. And then, um, God, what else do we have? Oh, cheese, um, tortillas, um, peanut butter and jelly, oranges, bananas. Oh my God, it was pickles. <laughs> it was just insane. So um, soon the truck became full and we realized that it was not going to be a one trip event. And mind you, this takes a while to, to get all this stuff in the, and I'm not complaining, please don't misunderstand me. It's just sort of like, wow, this is a lot of work. You guys need to really show some respect, um, for these folks that put on these races. Cause this is nuts. Um, and again, this is one of the biggest races of the year for Tejas trail. So, um, then I know Rocky raccoon is going to be a similar production. So, um, you know, and then, then they're a little smaller and it's not quite so bad, but, um, McWaters says that he really likes to support local. McWaters says that he really likes to support local businesses. Um, so that's why we were patronizing, um, the small store and I'm sure they, they made a ton of money, um, from us or from them, you know? Um, so that was cool. So anyway, yeah, so it takes a long time to, you know, I mean, it's a, probably about a 20 minute drive into town, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's on these kind of country roads. It's, I mean, it's a straight shot, but it's, you know, it, it's still sort of rural. And um, anyway, so we got back and then we had to drop off um, material, you know, ice and propane at four of the five aid stations because we didn't realize we were supposed to leave it at the fifth aid station, which ironically is the one I ended up working at on Sunday, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we got back and offloaded all this stuff and, you know, by now it's probably like 
two o'clock or something in the afternoon. And, um, we hadn't eaten anything and thank goodness. Um, Trisha had made this insanely, uh, delicious casserole and I'm not even big on casseroles, but at this point I was so hungry, um, called a King's ranch casserole. And and it's not a very healthy sort of thing either, but from what I understand, it's got a variety of canned condensed soups in it. Um, chicken, maybe some jalapenos. I can't really remember what all else, but we were microwaving up some leftovers from the night before and, you know, inhaled that and then went back into town again and (laughs) loaded up the rest of the stuff. Um, and then drove back and yeah, whatnot. So, yeah, so that was mainly Thursday. Um, pretty, (laughs) I was pretty tired at that point. Um, and, and hats off to people like Trisha and Tim and Matt, my favorite friend, um, who mercifully did not run around shirtless because it was too cold. Um, and he has found himself someone, ladies, just thought I'd let you know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there, there were just a lot of people who were staying there through the duration. So lucky for them, most of them can stay inside the lodge at, um, the park, which is this, um, you know, old house and it's got some beds in it and, you know, a kitchen, a couple of bathrooms and, um, a big living room. So, uh, in a kitchen, obviously, uh, I think I said that, did I repeat myself <gasps> anyway? <laughs> so I was not among those people that, well, and I wasn't really planning to, cause I just figured I could drive like the hour and 10, 15 minutes back to San Antonio each day. Um, just cause I've got cats and, and I kind of like sleeping in my own bed and I don't always sleep very well when I'm not in my bed or, you know, with a l- bunch of other people. And, um, yeah. So anyway, so I, you know, but yeah, hats off to those guys. Cause man, they were there for probably, you know, 18 hour shifts every day. I mean, it was crazy. And, you know, I put in a lot of work, but nothing close to what those people do. And of course, McWaters, I think he was going 24 seven, you know, Trisha was <laughs> trying to make sure that he stayed fed, um, and whatnot, because he's one of those sort of guys that, you know, just wants to keep going. And, um, you know, so we, you know, have to take care of the guy in charge and, and he's so wonderful that you really want to. So <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't know, he, trail race directors. I mean, I've only met a handful of them, but I think he and Brad Quinn are two of the best I've ever met. And they just, they have the perfect personality for this sort of thing. And, um, just they're organized, but they're also very laid back and kind of go with the flow. Um, so Thursday evening I get back and I saw somewhere that, uh, Chris had lost a, uh, an entire group of, um, volunteers, uh, for the weekend. And so I started posting about that. And then, um, Friday morning I woke up and I was looking at the aid station chart and I realized that the Boyle's aid station, um, which is the first one that everybody hits, um, did not, we did not bring any supplies up there to them on Thursday. And so I texted Chris and I'm like, man, I'm really sorry about this, but we didn't realize you know, that we're supposed to be at boils too. And to be honest with you, I'm not really sure how you get supplies up. Cause I guess you just take a truck up a hill because it's about a quarter mile up from the lodge. And so, you know, it just sits atop this hill. I mean, otherwise you just have, I mean, like in my case, I just walk up to it or run up to it. Um, but carrying all that stuff, I can't imagine. So I think you probably just were carrying stuff in a truck and offloading it that way. But anyway, so I was trying to help save the day on that. And I also told him that I was, you know, trying to get some people to help him for Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, and then I told him I would come back. Well, I was supposed to come back on Saturday just to, um, I shouldn't say just, but to help out my uh, friends, the rock hoppers at the equestrian aid station, which um, is probably one of the main aid stations. It's um, the third, second one people hit and um, they serve hot food and, you know, the other stuff. But yeah, so it was, it was kind of a big, a big undertaking. And, um, but I was just kind of like, well, I feel kind of bad because he doesn't have enough people. So I'm, I'm like, well, what if I came up earlier on Saturday? And he's like, well, if you can get here around eight, you know, that would be great. And so I was like, okay. And so I got there like, I don't know, 20 after eight, because who knows why. Um, anyway, people were driving slow. Maybe I was starting a little late. Who knows? doesn't matter. I got there though. And uh, ran into Logan, who is in charge of the volunteers. And um, she kind of gave me some tasks. And really, there wasn't a whole lot going on early. Um, you know, it was just more like this, you know, busy work kind of stuff, just kind of cheering on runners as they started. And it was, but the coolest thing for me was just standing there at the finish, um, watching the elites come in because the elites, they are from all over the world, literally. Um, I saw a woman come in this tall blonde young woman. Um, uh, and she had a crew that had a, uh, a flag that was, you know, one that I did not recognize. And, uh, so I remembered her number so I could ask, you know, who she was. And turns out she's from Zimbabwe and she was the first woman to come in for the first loop. Um, I think ultimately she ended up coming in, um, third overall, but still that's pretty amazing. But yeah, it was really fun to watch her crew because they're super positive, but they had like a little tray table laid out with the, the flag on it and all of her different foods that she wanted. And she was spooning, I don't know what in the world she was eating, but it was just this look like some sort of protein mix or something. I don't know, but yeah, so she was eating that. And then I think at another aid station, I saw that they were feeding her. <laughs> I want someone to do that. <laughs> I think I'd have to become an elite runner though to have that happen anyway, but that was really cool. And it was cool to see the, the guy who ended up winning uh first overall male. I can't think of his name now, but I think he was from California. Um, but anyway, he came in and he was talking about having problems with his back. And so somebody just sort of like, as he bent over, somebody just kind of like sat on his back almost, or just leaned into his back and we're trying to, massage it or crack it or do something. And, you know, they did that a few times and then he's, then he's off, you know, no, no dilly dallying or anything, you know, you just pick up, you know, a couple bottles or whatever. And, you know, there you go. And it's, it was just fascinating to watch this process, you know, among elites. Cause I'm so accustomed to seeing, you know, just your average runners, even though you may have some incredibly talented average runners out there. Um, you know, this was like a different level. And yeah, so that was, that was kind of fun. And then I went out to the um, equestrian around noon and um, helped out Tom Bowling and Don Hawk, I think is his last name, Hawk, um, and ran into a couple of other guys out there. It was like me and these guys. And at first it was kind of awkward because they all know each other really well. I mean, they just kind of know me tangentially. And so I was just sort of hanging back a little bit and just kind of pouring water and tailwind and doing, you know, girl things, I guess. And then eventually they, you know, we start, we started, things started getting busy. And so we were hustling and, you know, I was able to use my expertise, um, you know, in doing aid station stuff uh, to help out um, a lot more. And, you know, as the afternoon went on, uh, Don, who I think runs a bed and breakfast, um, I want to say in 
Helotes or Bernie. I can't remember. Anyway, sorry. For, forgive me for not remembering that. But he runs a bed and breakfast. And so he volunteered to cook. Thank God. Because I don't know how to use one of these gas grill things. And so I was afraid to blow people up. And so he got the uh, quesadillas going. And um, also the ramen. And then eventually the mashed potatoes. And <laughs> so as runners started coming in, they all just started, it was like the suggestion of smell. It's like, Oh my God, those tortillas smell good. Can I have more? You know? <laughs> and then I started pushing the potatoes and ramen and, um, people were loving that. And, um, Don was like, wow, you're a really good salesperson. I'm like, listen, somebody pushed it on me a few years ago. And at first I was just like, I don't know about this. And it was like the greatest thing ever is it's just, Cold, cold races in the winter is just the perfect um, antidote to keeping you warm and feeling full. It's just not without feeling weighed down. It's just beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful concoction. Um, yeah. So anyway, the <laughs> my computer keeps going to sleep. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we did. I did that till about five. I'm trying to think if there's any other excitement. Oh yeah, and this woman came through the aid station um, with a tampon up her nose. <laughs> Apparently, she fell um, over by the Boyle's aid station and broke her nose, and still managed. I think she won. And forgive me if I'm wrong on that too. But yeah, she's you know just da 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 da. You know, just got a broken nose. Who cares? You know, I'm just like, oh my god. Um, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. And then I saw some of my Valley friends, um, including coach Basilio Mendoza. I saw him, uh, he was pacing, um, Veronica, uh, one of the ladies from the Valley in the hundred K and yeah, so it was really fun to see, you know, some people that I knew. And, um, and then around five, I figured I, well, then I decided, then I made my call. Actually, this happened earlier. I, um, decided that I needed to, um, drop on Sunday. It was a combination of fatigue from working the aid station those couple of days. And I, was, I kept thinking, God, I'm not in any shape to run a race. And then of course there's the more, more foreboding issue of the weather forecast. It was a call for about hundred percent rain. Um, and not only that, it might be mixed with some winter precipitation or wintry precipitation. And so I was just like, Ooh, not good. And I also knew that Mick Waters needed, um, more volunteers. And so I talked to him, um, Saturday morning and, you know, told him about what I was going to do. And he's like, that would be so great. And, um, and so Logan, um, sent me to Boyle's aid station, um, from 7 a.m. until about noon. And I think that ended up being like about 1, 1 but that was okay. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so I went home and tried to get some sleep and then, um, Sunday morning dawned and boy, oh boy, it was pouring rain when I left the house, um, around six and, um, yeah, it, it, oh God, yeah. And it was dark and I don't drive well in the dark anyway. So it was, took me a little bit longer. I was kind of driving like an old lady, but, um, well, I guess I sort of am. <laughs> um, I, I felt pretty good about my decision. Cause I mean, that is just one place, you know, you've, I've done a couple of muddy races, but never anything with that kind of rain coming down. And of course the memory of what happened to Louisa last year, um, when she broke her ankle coming down, um, one of the, the climbs, 
um, was still fresh in my memory. And I thought, you know, I really don't think I need to do this to myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, as much as I wanted to run the race, I was just kind of like, you know, I kind of enjoy this volunteering gig. And, and, and you know, mind you, I knew it was going to be a pretty unpleasant sort of experience just in that it's going to be cold. And so, I mean, I got to wear two pairs of socks, two pairs of tights, got three shirts and a raincoat, a hat, gloves. Um, unfortunately, we had a, a heater in the, in the uh, tent, so that helped a lot. Um, but it was, it, it really was pretty awful and uh, weather-wise. But um, yeah, so I, I got, I trudged up the hill to, to the aid station and met this uh, couple from Austin named um, David and uh, Jessica. And uh, they were a lot of fun. And um, yeah, we all got along really well and worked things out. Fortunately for us, we didn't have to cook. So that was one plus. Um, and we were also the first aid station that everybody stopped at. Um, of course, the elites, you know, they don't <laughs> they don't really stop or they have their own crews that stand there and wait for them and then they take care of the, their runner um in fact but this one guy i talked to who was waiting for his runner um had done the 100k the day before and told me that um a woman fell and he described it as her breaking her leg or ankle or something i'm not really sure that that happened but he also said that she knocked out a tooth or two woo, and um messed up her jaw so again this is just a rumor or you know it's not a story that i've gotten verified but i was just like whoa and she was one of the elites um and i do think she had to drop um so yeah again, when i heard that story i was like yeah that's that's, that's a big fear um, and i know you can't run around being scared of everything all the time it's just sometimes you just don't know what's going on um so yeah, just got to respect the trail and, and not to say that this woman didn't, it's just, you know, sometimes stuff happens and, you know, and I can tell you, you know, sometimes stuff happens and you could be all ready for it. And then you slide and then you, you know, cut open your knee and that's that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Sunday was fairly tame at the beginning, you know, just watched people in it. And I had a truckload of friends from the Valley who were, uh, running the 50 K and the 25 K. So it was sort of like having a parade of my buddies that I hadn't seen in a year um, as they all came by. And uh, it was just so nice. It was just such a pleasant experience to see them. And, um, and then my friend, Chris Prairie, <laughs> he just, you know, and of course nobody can recognize you because you've got a buff on and a hat. And so all they see is your eyes. But since I have such a distinct voice, I don't know. <laughs> Chris Prairie, he was across the way and he's like, I thought that was you, Donna. And I'm like, who are you? He's like, Chris. I'm like, oh my God, sorry. Didn't recognize you all snowmanned out. He had done the 100K the day before and was proceeding to do the 50K on Sunday, which is insane. And he asked me for some Coke. I'm like, you're not going to complain and, and ask for, where's the gummy bears? Where's the protein? <laughs> As he had at an aid station a few years ago. And I have since chastised him roundly for that and that uh, he knows it um in fact he warned david and trish uh, trish uh jessica you better watch what you say around her it might end up in a podcast <laughs> haha chris good to see you um but anyway, i love shout outs um so anyway yeah so that was that and um oh man it just kept getting sloppier and sloppier and um yeah it was just super fun to see my friends and um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I even saw one friend, Marianne Martinez, that I haven't seen in, in a couple of years because she moved to Ohio um, after being in San Antonio and, and then in the Valley for a while. So um, she looked good. She was moving. She, she was definitely not dressed for the weather, but uh, she uh, took first in her age group, um, although I don't think there's an award for that, but she does have those bragging rights. So you go, girl. She looked great. Um, and then my friend Robert Ruiz um, took 12th overall in the 25k and i think first or second in his age group and he's in his mid 30s so he looked great going by i mean he's been training his butt off and um he's like in this sleeveless shirt and shorts and it's like sleeting and i'm just like Ugh. <laughs> we did actually have a couple of people who did drop um at our aid station five miles into the race and you know the good news is is you can just sort of wander a quarter mile down and and you're at the finish line and you can drop. And uh, yeah, one guy was just cold and just kind of locked up. And another guy just wasn't having any fun. And boy, oh boy, I can relate to that. That was me at Cactus Rose. And, um, you know, some days it's just not your race. And I'm empathetic. And then there's a group of ladies that were, this one in particular looked really miserable. And they kind of stood in this stone shelter across the way from our aid station during the rain. And they, they were kind of contemplating dropping and we, we were, you know, the aid station folks, uh, we were all kind of discussing, you know, maybe she should drop. And so I kind of went over and talked to her and I'm like, how do you feel? And she's like, I feel okay. You know, it's just, you know, just kind of having a, one of those days where, you know, the mental game isn't on. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, just so you know, you can drop if you want. Um, and then, you know, you just go down this hill and she's like, okay. And so she was on the precipice. She and one of her friends were on the precipice of dropping. And then I guess they all kind of talked amongst each other. And then it was just like, ah, screw it. We're going to do it. And so we gave them a big round of applause as they did their thing. So, um, I was proud of them for soldiering on and, um, yeah, so it was just, it was just a really fun experience. I had a lot of fun with them. Um, the, the cold and the wet wasn't much fun, but I mean, we were fairly well protected. We had a tent and you know it, we had that little heater going so it, it really wasn't too awful um and again you know as long as you're layered up it was good um but yeah so i mean nothing i'm trying to think if there's any other eventful stuff happening on that race um not really it was um but it was just a really good experience and, and again i was only a very small piece of the of the puzzle in this thing um there are so many people that went well beyond above and beyond what they needed to do. And, um, you know, my friend PJ, um, and also, um, Jonathan, um, who is, uh, one of the volunteer coordinators, um, you know, those guys were there all weekend and, you know, working their butts off. And, you know, again, I just was popping in and out and, um, you know, getting to go home at night at least. And, yesterday afternoon, I was going to stay until about three or four, but then I got a text. <laughs> God, this is awful. I got a text from my next door neighbor who said that she's like, did you hear that pack of dogs around two o'clock in the morning? I guess this was like early Sunday morning. And I was so crashed out from everything. Normally I hear everything, but I didn't hear anything. And apparently there's a pack of dogs that were roaming and they got into my backyard and they were terrorizing the feral cats. And she's like, I tried to chase them off with a broom and, you know, but you might want to look under the shed because, you know, I don't know if anybody's wounded. I kept picturing all the little kittens cause we've got three kittens right now. And, and some of the other cats are, are 
you know, probably about six, eight months old. So, I mean, they're, they're still pretty young and, but I mean, they, they've got good instincts and I think they're fairly tough, but I just, you know, I had no idea, you know, what to expect. And so I was just terrified that I was going to have to go home and figure out how to take a feral cat to the vet, you know? And, and so I was just, so I, I, I took off around one, one thirty something like that. Cause, cause I didn't know what to expect. And mercifully everybody was okay. I think they managed to, you know, the, the moms are pretty tough. And so they know, they know how to take care of those kiddos. And, um, so that was, that was a very nice thing to see, um, you know, yesterday when I got home and, um, but by and large, it was, uh, it was a great experience. And again, I, I, I hope that some of you will consider, you know, chipping in some time, um, be it, you know, in your local, you know, area or race. Um, if you, uh, volunteer uh, for Tejas. They give you swag. They give you meals. Um, you get a race entry. Although I'm not sure if you get one for Bandera. Though Chris said that he would forward my registration uh, from Bandera that I kind of, you know, uh, forfeited uh, to another race, which I thought was incredibly generous of him, and I will take him up on that because that stuff's not cheap. Um, but here again, uh, hats off to Chris, uh, and, and the gang for, for just putting on an amazing race. Um, you know, it was, it was crazy. Uh, you know, it was crazy watching the hundred K unfold. And then, you know, the, <laughs> the winter wonderland mud fest, um, <laughs> the following day. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was a really cool experience. I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad that I didn't run it, but not really. Um, oh yeah. And then Louisa had texted me on Saturday and asked if she should, she should go. And I'm, cause she was signed up for the 25 K and I was like, what's this weather forecast and you healing from a broken ankle? No. <laughs> and so she did not go. And, um, I, I think she made the right choice on that. And, um, and I think she's, she's solid in that decision. And I, I think it just would have been too hard, you know, to, I think it just would have been really scary. And, you know, I mean, that place is scary enough without the mud and slippery rocks and stuff. Um, so yeah, so that was that, um, coming up, um, signed up for a race where I'm going to sign up actually, after I sign off here, um, for a race up at the lighthouse. I think I mentioned this last week, uh, the, God, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called, but anyway, it's up at the lighthouse uh, outside of, um, between Johnson city and, um, Blanco and it sits up on this hill. It's just like this Jeep road with some hills or something. It's not particularly challenging. Um, but yeah, so I'm just, I'm signing up for the 10 miler for that day. And then, um, then I guess I'm onto the Rocky half marathon. Woohoo. And, um, yeah, the, the crown jewel for me, at least in the spring or early spring, um, is going to be Brazos Ben 50 K. And from there, I have just got to keep plugging away because I really do want to meet those goals uh, later on in the year. And um, I think it's just a matter of just getting out there and doing it. And um, yeah, so we'll see how this all goes. Um, anyway, if I saw you out there this weekend, it was good to see you. Um, and I apologize if I didn't recognize you at first, just because. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was again, this is like my social circle. So it just feels good to see people that, you know, and that you have fond memories with and, and to create some new ones. I mean, as I was telling somebody, it's, it's like, you know, the whole thing with trail running is it's all about those stories. You know, you, you can't really, 
I mean, yeah, you might occasionally have a story or something about a road race, but generally you don't. And um, so that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And I think that's all I've got for now. I will see you next time.